So, welcome back to the Be Alive podcast. It's your boy Cash Law here with a legend in the city. <laughs> I'm gonna say it now: a legend in the city, Michael Cummings. Man, introduce yourself to the people. Man, my name is Michael Cummings. Um, like Kerry said, I'm from Colleen, just like he is. Graduated in 2011. Went on to play at the University of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, went on to work at the University of Kansas, and also. Um, other collegiate institutions, and now I'm back home involved in real estate. Yes, sir. Um, I'm also a budget analyst. So yeah, yeah, we're here to uplift. Appreciate you being here, brother. Appreciate you being here. It's all mine. Yes, sir. And um, so real quick as a brief overview, what we do here on the Light Leadership Series um, is we bring in former, current athletes to come and share their experiences as far as life and sports. Because we know that that's a uh, it's a fuzzy area, right? It's, it's, it's an area a lot of people got different feelings about because it's like, you're not, you, they always tell you that sports translates to life. Like, they always tell you that mm-hmm. everything that you learn through the game, you should be able to transfer over to life. But it's not as simple as explained. Because if you don't give me instructions on how to do that, then sometimes it's kind of hard for me to do that. If I don't have anybody to guide me through that process, and you being on some of the fronts you've been on, you've seen that firsthand. And um, also, you know, even though we're talking about athletes and we're talking about uh, sports, this could apply to anybody's life. Uh, this is stuff that, I mean, we've gone through. Um, our experiences are all our own, and these are truthful, honest, and we're going to keep it 100% funky with y'all. So y'all got y'all for a treat today. But, um, man, I mean, I guess we could kind of start out. Man, I, I guess I, I'll start out with my background, and i let Mike kind of roll into his because – um, being from here, um, I ended up graduating from Harker Heights High School in Killeen, Texas. Um, I, I ended up going and playing Division I football at uh, Montana State University, where I played running back, played a lot of special teams, mm-hmm. didn't get a lot of burn right away because I was deemed ineligible by the NCAA. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Was it like an um, initial eligibility thing, or was it? Nah, so it was, uh, yeah, it was because my freshman year English class was, was and it was it was a double. Gotcha. I doubled it up. So the fact that I doubled it up, they deemed me ineligible going into fall camp. Okay. So I ain't get to play fall camp. Fell back on the depth chart, and then I never really recovered from that. Then I got hurt to my ACL. Long story short, left. Had a kid and left. Then I went Cisco Junior College, Hartson University, where I graduated with my master's. Uh, had a lot of success there and all that good stuff. Perseverance. Perseverance. Had to find a way through it. But it, it wasn't that simple, though. You know, like, you know, success ain't no straight line. This is, you know what I'm saying, going all the way around. So now I'm a teacher, um, also doing the podcast, uh, also doing speaking engagements, also taking care of my beautiful daughter. You know, that's my most important job. So, you know, a lot of different things going on in my life. But, uh, Mike, like, let us know about your athletic career because I remember, you know, back in the gap, like you was that dog out here, like a quarterback. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, let us know. And, and then, by the way, just for everybody, this was my first quarterback I ever had. That was the first. You don't know this, but this you the first quarterback I ever had. And short, quick story. I remember we was doing Oklahoma drills, and I had to go against you. And that was mm-hmm. the first time we, I went head to head with somebody got hit at. And I was like, this supposed to be the quarterback, bro. I was like, he was out there seven years old with concussions. <laughs> Lightweight concussions, boy. It was it was normal. It was. It was normal. But go ahead and give people a background on your athletic career. Man, I'm gonna be honest. So I'm gonna give you the truth. But the other truth is I rarely talk about athletics because 
a lot of times when people tell their athletic stories, they lie. Facts. And when I get into telling my story, it sounds like a lie, but it's the 100% truth. Yeah. So, um, like Carrie said, we used to play Pop Warner here in Kalini. Um, going into high school, I started doing a summer track. And I was really good in the field of events. Running was not my thing. So by the time I got to high school, I was already a national champion. Yeah. Um, ended up starting as a sophomore here in the city. Um, pretty much turned the program around, mm -hmm. to put it modestly. Mm -hmm. um, on my high school team, I was the only person that signed a letter of intent and actually played at the place that they signed to. So to put that into perspective, you rarely ever see a quarterback be the only person on his team that signs the national letter of intent. There's always a lineman, there's always his star receiver, his star back, a DB that held the other side of the ball down. Mm -hmm. But that hardly ever happens. Yeah. You know that hardly ever happens. Hardly. And to sign a national letter of intent coming out of Colleen to a big time school like Kansas, Montana State, Bro, it's rare. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare. And not so much now, though. Yeah, not so much now because it was like the landscape is different. Landscape different. So, like, when we were coming out, I, I had to make DVDs. I, I yep. still have boxes of DVDs that yep. were mailed out. Yep. But now kids can just put their stuff on YouTube, yep. Twitter, send their huddle out. Yep. It's so much easier to get the exposure, but that also means that the landscape is saturated. Facts. Facts. Um, Facts. So, it's a double-edged sword. They have more access to be discovered. But just like music and movies and radio, it's a lot of people putting bad content out there. Absolutely. And they be so, faking it, bro, bro. You know what's crazy? Bro, tell me why I heard that a kid took his teammates film and was sending his teammates film out as him. I believe it. Don't do that no more if you're doing it. Anyway, I can talk to you. I believe it. That's whack. Nah, you good? So yeah. um, I got to the University of Kansas and Within a year, the coach that had recruited me got fired. Mm. And they brought in another guy, a big name guy. And he ended up putting me on the back burner and brought in two more quarterbacks that he used to coach at different schools. Yeah. And so, like, I battled that throughout my athletic career. And it, it showed me that just because you're good enough, doesn't mean that you're going to get the nod in college. So just because you're good enough doesn't mean that you're going to get an opportunity to try out for a pro team or make a roster. No. Because the two guys whose positions I took yeah. both got opportunities in the NFL and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I know a lot of people like just say politics, but it's deeper than politics because it's a whole different landscape. You got to navigate. And come from where we come from, we don't know how to do that. No. Because no. there was nobody ahead of us to give us the game and show us this is how you do this. This is who you need to talk to. Yep. You need to have a relationship with this guy, this guy, and this lady. Yep. So when the time comes, they can look out for you. Because that's everything. That's everything. everything. That the relationships that you build with the people around you in that space when you go to Kansas and you come into that university, the people that you know on campus. It's huge, huge in regards <laughs> to how far you're going to end up. Okay, I'll give you a little something. Yeah. So the relationships you build are so pivotal. And here's a story. When I was playing, the alumni would always come back and they would watch practice and we would get to build relationships with those guys. Yeah. So long story short, 
as I transitioned out of playing at the University of Kansas, I was looking for a job. And the guy who ended up giving me the nod for my position working at this bank just so happened to be a football alum. Mm-hmm. So he gave me the privilege of sitting in on executive meetings when I otherwise would not have had the opportunity. Yes, sir. Just by the relationship that me and him had. Yes, sir. Right. So his dad started the bank. He managed the bank and ended up selling his bank while I was working there. Right. So one day I'm in his office and we're talking. And the next day he's signing a deal for it. And he's walking away with 140 million. <laughs> but he still drives the same car. Yeah. Still living in the same house. Yeah. But now changed. his family is good. Yeah. Because everything changed. We're not, we not used to that. Not used we to that at all. Because if my family gets Bro. 140 million, I'm going to see a brand new car. They go. They're going to be rocking big chains. They're going to be out here. New house. <laughs> or the house of mama, grandmama, everybody. So that's an exposure thing, too. So you're talking about the relationship that you built mm-hmm. and how that's taking you and exposing you to something else. Something that I wasn't even going to Kansas for. Yeah. Like, took me and changed my perspective to something totally different that I wouldn't have anticipated going into it, bro. Right. Right. Like, I never would have wanted to work at a bank. Mm-hmm. I never would have been able to sit in, sit, sit in on those meetings if it wasn't for the relationship that I built in presenting myself in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Because you was playing quarterback. I mean, yeah. you knew you was playing football. You knew yeah. that that was your focus and that was going to be something like I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I'm preparing my mind to be, you know, you all uh, paid man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you seeing the guys and you focusing on the game, which is beautiful because it teaches you work ethic, it teaches you drive, and it builds these connections for you. But there's a whole other game that's being played out here that if we don't necessarily let our kids know that's in the game right now mm-hmm. and let the current athletes know that when you get out of this, this is what you're going to be confronted with. You know what I mean? There's, there's cats out here that's making 140 million and you don't know it. And it don't have anything to do with athletics. They ain't got nothing to do with athletics. They ain't got nothing. And there's another way, though. There's yeah. another way. Because yeah. cats are thinking there's only one way. It's, yeah. it's going to be either uh, entertainment or athletics. And that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Which is why it's so beautiful. And this is a beautiful segue into what you got going on as far as the programs you do. Mm-hmm. So give everybody kind of like some oversight because I think um, a lot of former athletes like myself, I can attest to being at a point where, you know, I graduated and it's like, I don't want to go pro. Like I, I was like, I'm not going to fight the pro circuit. Like I, all of my dogs out there doing that, you keep grinding. Man. Yeah, but chase, that. chase that. Real real talk. But that wasn't in my cars because I knew my body was going to let me down. Mm-hmm. Like I seen it time and time again. So I was like, how do I get my mind to bless me? Yeah. How do I get my mind to take care of all of us? Because I heard a great man say, I think it was uh, Marcus Garvey, he said, uh, men walk on their feet and on their minds. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that helped me out. Cause I thought I could walk on my feet. Now mm-hmm. I know I use my mind to take me somewhere. So it's like, break down like, you know, the development, right? Of, of these athletes after the sport and what you plan on doing with them, bro. Yeah, for sure. So the program I have going on is called Real Sports Life University. Yeah. RSL University, if you want to go look it up. But it centers around taking the athlete experience and exposing that athlete to the things that they've developed through a lifelong career of athletics mm-hmm. that now make them marketable in the professional space. Facts. So like as an athlete, you always have to be conscious of time management. Yep. You have to do due diligence. Yep. You have to uh, 
you have, I was going to say cross-contaminate. You got <laughs> to be able to cross-reference with other teams and report to executives, which are your coaches. Yes, yes, yes. So, like, you know how to develop executive reports if you ever broken down a film. Yep. You know what I'm, I'm not going to give you all everything, but that's just some of the things that you develop through a life of athletics that you have no idea are transitionable and make you valuable to organizations. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's, that's something that's critical because – a lot of times they feel like their value is only in the sport. Facts. Like you think your value isn't going to be cross-disciplinary. Like it's not like I learned anything but how to read the defense. Like I don't know how to <laughs> read the report. Like, nah, bro, it's, just, it's the same thing. Same. The X's and O's translate. And depending on the type of coaching you've had, mm-hmm. leadership, the leadership you've been around, you much more equipped than some of the people that you put in above you because you think that, oh, I don't have the experience. No, you have experience. It just looks different. Like you have to reframe your mindset so it's beautiful that you're doing that, bro, because yeah, it's needed. Yeah, it's definitely needed. And the mindset thing is the first thing that we address. Yeah. Um, there are some specific things in the first part of the programming that hone in on mindset yeah. and really shift the way and the lens that you look at things through because it's all about perspective. Yeah. Um, you could have all the attributes in the world, but if you don't know what lens to look at them through and form them with, mm-hmm. they don't mean anything. They don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. You got everything you need. You got all the tools you need, right? All man. the tools. You got all the, I was, man, that makes me think about like credit. Like the way, you know, right now, credit is a big, uh, you know, everybody teaching online. Everybody teaching mm-hmm. online. So mm-hmm. if you're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, everybody teaching. <laughs> if you, if you want to find it, you can find it. And I've been looking at like different um, teachers on credit and the way they talk about how um, you can leverage credit cards to pay for each other. You know what I'm saying? And to get yourself out of debt on student loans and stuff like that. And I was always told, like, be afraid of credit. Like, you know, don't get no credit card. You don't need that. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people that got bad credit and they don't really, you know what I mean? Like, this is these people I love, but they don't really know. Mm-hmm. And I think having professionals that look like me, that did some of the stuff I done done, tell me stuff like this would help. Like, it would help to kind of guide me along because, like I said, bro, it's like, these, these these things we've learned, they 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 work together. Like all the hard work I've done in studying film and studying athletes, not to study the leaders in today. Yeah. The leaders of the leaders of, of uh social media are, are giving the same type of game. If you sit down and just really study it, you can really get yourself some money. Yeah. And you can make yourself a career out of it. So you de- bro, you definitely can. And the thing about the, the credit and the teachers online and everything like that. Being an athlete, you have to learn how to sift through what's for you and what's not. Yeah. yeah. So even, even in that game, being studying on social media and online, looking at YouTube videos and going down certain rabbit holes to try to seek out certain information. Yeah. You got to have a certain level of discernment. Yeah, absolutely. To, to realize absolutely. what is actually applicable and what is fluff. Right. Because as you said, oversaturated. Yeah, the more you get something, the more saturated you get. That's why the dollar ain't working. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's why the dollar ain't working. Cool, man, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big cool. Big man. It ain't doing too hot right now, though. It ain't doing too hot. Listen, like 38,000. We're down from like 54. Imagine if you had like 100 bands just to put in Bitcoin and watch it go back up. Man, that'd be. That'd Imagine, be- bro, I don't mean to cut you off, but when I was in college, yeah. I got an offer to do a camp yeah. for an undisclosed amount of Bitcoin. <laughs> And I turned it down. Why you turn it down? Bro, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't oh, know what it was. Man, you kicking yourself in the butt. What? I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. It'll come back to me. It'll yeah, come back. Yeah, yeah. But, but Bitcoin is it's, But it's like 
you gotta have the information though. People was having information. Like my aunt was teaching Bitcoin yeah. like back in 08, bro. Like uh, my aunt was teaching it back then. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? And then it, it just depends, like, like we talked about before, your exposure. Mm-hmm. Are you exposed to it or are you not? Yeah. And I think what what when it comes to what we're talking about, this light leadership series, dealing with you know us both being former athletes. Um, both you you coach you student you uh you coached at KU right yep you player coach at KU I was coaching for four years at OPSU and uh Hard Simmons University but um when we are in contact together right at the athletic department let's go ahead and say everybody we're just talking about football mm-hmm. the conversations that are had with coaches aren't always about you know the advancement of us outside again because oh, yeah. you and I talked about earlier how um, all of our time is accounted for. Like, we don't have any time. When you're right. active, you have no time to yourself. Literally, from the time you wake up, the time you go to sleep, you're supposed to be doing something. Right. So, people don't understand that. <laughs> so, look, look, just, just to say, like, to give, like, if we got some young athletes that are watching this, yeah. this is an example of what your schedule is going to be like yeah. freshman year. Break it down. So, you get up. You might have weights at six. Yeah. So that means you're waking up 5.30, You'll be at weights, dressing in your stretch lines by 6 a.m. Yes, sir. You get out of there 7.30, 7 7.45. You might have class because you're a freshman. So you have like a, 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 a strict workload of the classes you got to get done in that first semester. Yep. And if you come in behind, it may be 15 or even 18 hours. Yep. So you want in class at 8 o'clock. Yeah, you got class from eight o'clock to nine fifty. Yeah, you got class from ten to eleven fifty. Mm-hmm. Then you got class from twelve to one thirty. Yeah, your first meeting starts at two p.m. in yep. a football facility. So either you're not eating lunch or you're getting <laughs> something on the run so you can be in that meeting chair before you get two o'clock. Absolutely. Because if you're late, you Man. gonna be either running run after practice some some kind of punishment. Yeah. Right. So you meet from two o'clock to three thirty. Yeah. You're on the field at 415. Yep. You're practicing from 415 to 7 o'clock. Yeah. 730. Yep. Depending, depending on who your coach is. Depending on your coaches. And yep. if you're a freshman that when I was there, you're in tutoring until 10 o'clock every night. Yes, so you got a chance to eat dinner, 730. You might get to the uh training table. You got to be in this tutoring facility at 8 o'clock. You there till 10 o'clock. Every night. Every night. You better be there, too. And notice I didn't say there was no time to go back and do homework. You're tutoring for classes that you have tomorrow, so you still got to go home and do the homework for the classes you had today. Yep. And then you get up and do it all over again. Yep. And then you got to try to fit in the social life and the mix of all of this, which is almost, <laughs> that was impossible. You were trying to have a little girlfriend or something. She'll be texting yeah. you like, hey, come out. No, not tonight. You're going to fall asleep on that one. But yep. it's, it's, it's that. They build it so that you are, you know, you get used to that pattern. Mm-hmm. You get used to that pattern. Right. And as you develop and mature, then you may be able to take some of your workload off, but you still are accounted for. Like, you are still always accounted for. Yeah. And um, you have to prepare yourself, especially when it comes to, like, um, being uh, somebody that can do for yourself. You have to prepare yourself to make your own schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, because, I mean... The higher you go, the more they kind of monitor that. But I played at the Division three level, Mike, and it's a little different mm-hmm. because after, you know, that 3 o'clock, like I hit about 3 p.m., I have practice, and then that runs till about 7, and then we're done. I had to go to work. 
Mm, okay. I had to go to work because we wasn't getting that. I wasn't getting that check no yeah. more. That was that was a ruin <laughs> away. Man. Come on, man! Like yeah. bro, I gotta pay this rent. Yeah. I gotta I gotta make sure that you know. I had a daughter, so I had to shoot money back. So I was like, man, I gotta I gotta work. And that's the D three like struggle. You know what I mean? It's it's not it's not a bad thing. I think it teaches a hard work ethic, but. At the same time, it's a type of mindset you gotta. You gotta it's a lot mindset. of balance. Yeah, it's a lot of balance. So you you gotta be um a lot more mature than your peers. Yeah. Because your partners is partying. Like yeah. you got partners that's not active. Right. They partying. They going and they got other things going on. They going out of town. All that. You are gonna be on campus. You are gonna right. be grinding. And um, I think after so long of that, you know, you gain a connection with your brothers and your sisters on campus, mm-hmm. right? You gain a connection. You feel like some of the people on campus, even father figures, mother figures to you, mm-hmm. um, and then you leave. And then there settles in that, okay, it's the reality. Yeah, it's like, what next? You know, it's like, what next? And, and it's important to be able to know that you you are equipped. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you have built connections, leverage those connections, mm-hmm. right? Leverage those connections, but at the same time, if you go somewhere that you don't have as many, I mean, you still have skills as well, the skill sets that you gain. Like, dog, like, to be able to get up at 6 o'clock all week long, I mean, that's something that's valuable at certain jobs because some cats can't get up. And most, it's good to it's good that we learned that in college because most people in college can't do that. Yeah, thanks. Because they've been out all night the night before, you know, and they don't even wake up until 15 minutes before their 10 o'clock class. Yeah. And then even if we were to go out, we still gotta be up. Gotta be up. If you hell go out, that's just a hell. You gonna have to take. You, you gonna, gonna have to be go, up, bro. You gonna have to go on three hours of sleep and get to that workout, man. How many times? How many times you get your teammates like, hey, bro, like, like, bro, <laughs> it, it, it be people in there smelling like last night. <laughs> yep, bands uh, on their wrist too. They, yeah, they, just can't, they can't drink from the club and cut sleep in the facility. Hey, because they knew they was gonna be late. Yeah, but but you, but you had to take care of your business though. Yeah, there was a there was a level of accountability, and I think that something else that we miss as athletes when we got in the game is that team aspect. Mm-hmm. Is that knowing that you got somebody relying on you? Mm-hmm. Like that that mm-hmm. was a very tough reality for me. It's like man, like you know, I don't got a whole band of brothers behind me no more. It's like yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing. Is it's really just me and mine, like which is cool. Like I mean, I could do it, but it's like. It kind of like moves you more, like when you know, like man, I can't let all of them down. Like all these, yeah. I can't let all of them down. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, I think that's where it comes into like play where you gotta be, you have to submit yourself in the community outside of the game. Like you have to be able to build those connections Bro. and protect yourself in that way. And I think it goes to say this: that the community that you like ingratiate yourself in is so important yeah. because when you at school playing ball, you know, y'all kind of got some of the same goals. Y'all at least moving in the right direction when it comes to this football. Yeah. But when you get out in the real world, it's so easy to fall in the wrong direction and get running with the wrong crowd. Facts. And you don't even notice it, don't even see it. Cause you're like, man, these dudes with me, like my teammates are with me. Yeah. But like, it's different. It's different. It's different. It's way different because their experiences are different and their motivations might be different. Facts. And you might be, the sacrifice, for lack of a better word, for them to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you gotta, you gotta know, you gotta know where you, where you stand. You gotta know morally where you stand. Right. You gotta have the intelligence and the intellect to say, like, man, that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm not, I'm not on that. 
And that's that's hard for a lot of people because, you know, again, when you in a, when you in a team environment, you sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you get used to sacrificing yourself, sacrificing yourself. And when you get in the real world, um, it, it more often takes a person to think about yourself, like to take care of yourself, right. to make sure you're good. That's a different focus. It's a different focus. You know what I'm saying? Because it's selfish when you're on the team. You're like, man, you think about yourself, you being selfish. What about us? Yeah. But then, you know, when you when you kind of get to, and that's why, bro, what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, the the mindset, I think that we really need to instill is like take care of your, take care of your health, take care of your finances, take care of your education. And make sure you take ownership, right? Ownership. Like, this is mine. Like, hey, what I got, what I've done, it's all mine. I'm going to grow up from here. Like, this is mine. Like, even if I'm on the team or whatever. So, for the young cats, you got teammates. You got uh, educators around you. You got coaches around you. Take ownership in, in everything they gave you and keep it. Keep it. Don't lose it when you go to a new team or when your coaches get fired. Like, mm-hmm. nah, that's yours now. Like, that's your information. I still have information in my head from Brian Wright, my offensive coordinator at Montana State, who one of the smartest dudes I ever ran into, just trying to teach me about organization. You know what I'm saying? Like teaching me how to be a man and take care of my business on a um, more organized tip so that I could, you know, execute. Like I remember stuff like that. And, and you got to own that stuff because sometimes as a young book or as an athlete, we get, we get told, we like, we always get told what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. We don't notice that we're used to commands. Like you're used to being commanded what to do. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you're used to somebody yeah. saying, like, hey, go run this play. All right, Vic, got you. You know what I'm saying? You go you run the play. You know exactly what to do. You know exactly what you to do. do. You could you could drop a whole play just by one word. One word. Yeah, yeah. And you know all the adjustments, you know everything to it because they taught it to you. Mm-hmm. It's a program. And the program is beautiful because it allows you to kind of it, it allows you to learn how to problem solve and deal with adverse situations, but the knock on it is, is when you program like that, is you just kind of rely on the program. Right. It, it's hard to, like you said, shift from that team mindset programming where I know what to do in this greater puzzle versus now you're the puppet master of your own life. Facts. So like now you're the person that makes the puzzle. You're not a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You, you make the puzzle. Yeah. It, it, the puzzle is what you make it. So I mean, you're right. You're spot on. You're spot yeah. on. Yeah, you personally make the puzzle. And, and being somebody now, so you moved into the entrepreneurial space. Right? Yeah. So you in that space. Tell me what that's been like as far as with that adjustment we're talking about. Mm-hmm. What's that been like? And how's your mindset have been uh, around developing that part of your life? Man, it's been humbling and it's been eye-opening because like you said, coming from a space where Everything is organized. Mm-hmm. Jumping into entrepreneurship, yeah. it's not organized <laughs> at all. And like, I got nothing. <laughs> and and even when I first got into real estate, being a real estate agent, I was in I was in a place where I wasn't really learning much. Yeah. So I was like, if I'm not learning much here, I might as well just go out on my own and be this freelance agent and, and figure it out by cutting my teeth. Yep. And that was eye opening. But the humbling part, bro, was this. When I was a real estate agent and I wasn't making any money. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like I hop in real estate, you know, the clients are just gonna come. Um, and all I gotta do is be there and yeah. show up every day. Sorry. But it was sight, it wasn't like that. <laughs> right. So I wasn't making any money. So the humbling part was I had to take a step back and be like, you know what? I don't know how to do this. I need to seek out some mentors that can teach me how to do this. 
But also, since I'm not making any money doing this, yeah. I got to put my pride to the side and get another job doing something else until I can get this up and running. You got to. You got to. Because if you don't, if you don't, then what? Then you just keep falling behind. Because yeah. the time ain't going to stop. Time ain't going to stop. It's not going to stop for anybody. So, And I hear a lot of cats talk about that with real estate, too. It's like, you, it's like there it comes that point where, I mean, you eat what you kill in real estate. So, so it's like... Y'all, it's like you have to stay on it. You yep. gotta stay on it, on it, on it. You gotta have a system, bro. You gotta, you gotta have a system. You gotta have a system. You gotta that's, have a system. That's that's I mean, do you think that it's beneficial to have somebody that kind of lays that out for you unless you walk into something? Like kind of like we were talking about, where it's like no matter what, you're gonna have to figure out what works best for you. I think it's both. It's good to have that, good to have like a, a foundation. Or somebody showing you what works, yeah. but you also got to tailor it to what works best for you. Yeah. At the same time, because you can't copy what like you can't copy somebody else's sales script and not change it at all. <laughs> God save you, God because save you. Because you don't sound like a robot, so you have to tailor it to your mannerisms, how you normally speak, what you normally pick on when you talk to somebody. Yeah. I might pick up on something that somebody else might not. So I need to add that to my sales script, even though it's not in there. Man, can you touch on that real quick for us? What you mean by that? Like, like give me, give me like a like so example. like so like me, me and you I'm sitting here talking. Yeah. Like ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. Yes, like if you notice when me and you go back and forth, you put your hands on the table. I put my hands on the table. Yeah, yeah. I lean back. You'll keep your hands on the table. Then you might lean back. Yeah, yeah because yeah. most of the communication is stuff that's not said. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes. So, like, I, I pick up on things that somebody else might not. And being able to, this message, being able to articulate yourself well and speak to everyone that you might encounter mm -hmm. is an invaluable skill. Invaluable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Invaluable skill. Absolutely. We were talking about building those relationships earlier. And that is one of the things that I feel like the youngsters coming up, they don't necessarily know how to do because their parents didn't put them in front of people um, that they was in the military with and be like, you need to introduce yourself. You need to look, up, look him in the eye when you shake his hand. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. They don't necessarily do those things. So most of their communication is over the web yeah. and with their fingertips. Yeah. So when it comes to speaking and articulating themselves, they don't necessarily know how to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I love that you said about uh, communication being a lot nonverbal. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if, if I don't know how to communicate, a lot of it may be the nonverbal stuff I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm shying away from making eye contact. <laughs> I come in the room and I put my head down. Oh, um, I like, do not like that at all. It's, 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 people don't understand that you are exhibiting a lack of self-confidence. Like, if you show me that and you're trying to come work with me, you show me that I can't really believe you. You're out of there. Yeah, you're out of there. Like, you're going you to mess the money up. Either you're too shy you're too or you're untrustworthy. Exactly. One or two. You lie. Yep. Or not, you you're, you're not going to have a cojones to make the move. <laughs> so either way, it's like, yeah, you can't, I can't. Can't do nothing with you. But... You know, I think that this era is a little bit different, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I hate when I hate sound like that, like an old way, like you know, the era talk. But I mean, it is like it's it's when you behind a computer or a cell phone, it's it's a different it's a different communication. I'm not gonna say that it's not necessary to have digital literacy because it is like sure you need to know how to communicate on the, on the phone. Like, yeah. if you got a cell phone, no reason why you can't advance forward in life. Like, you should be. On that shoot, we linked up on, on IG. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We are we linked up on IG, and it's like 
there's a lot of opportunities on the phone. But when you get in contact with people, you have to continue to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't you don't start like it's like I was listening to somebody talk about like how cats be seeing a girl now and then let the girl leave and go find a girl on Facebook, shoot her a message, sure. Like, bro, what? But what? What? It's it's terrible. But that's them now. That's them now. And, and like you said, I don't think it's a bad thing. But you gotta know how to do both. You gotta do both. That's the bottom line. You, you gotta do both. You gotta be. You gotta be able to do multiple things. Mm-hmm. You gotta multiple uh, streams of impact, dog. Like yeah. you know, what I'm saying we're talking about income, but you gotta be able to impact people in different ways. And I think, like I said, mm-hmm. man. Huh? I said it's the same premise. It's the same premise, dog. And, and like, I mean, I kind of want to go into a little bit. I, I know that there's going to be some youngsters I got, you know what I mean, that, that, that are being, are going to be in your position. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Going to a big school um, and they got a lot of attention right now. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what it's like to be in a high school and you know that it's coming soon. Yeah. You don't know <laughs> what to expect. So you're over there Googling you know, yeah. they're trying to find folks on social media that's going there. Yeah. You're trying to figure out, like, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's exciting, but it's a little bit of fear behind that, too, because you're like, man, I don't know what's about to happen. What if I get a last-minute offer to Alabama or something like that? Am I going to go there? Out of there. And <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, you got a whole bunch of stuff in your mind. Yeah, if, you got, if you get that last-minute offer from Bama, bro, just know you're going to sit for two years. You're going to sit. You're going to be sitting. And you got you to gotta know that every situation not for you. Every yeah, situation not for you. And man, bro, kind of speak on like, what would you say to like the youngsters that's like going into that that new realm of life? You know, they they maybe seniors and they they know they're going. What mm-hmm. would you say to them? Like, what was the thing you wish you knew back then? Ooh, the thing that I wish I knew was that it's not the institution that you want to play for or the conference you want to play in. It's the coach. Ooh, yeah. The coach trumps everything. Yeah. So. Wherever that coach is that you have that relationship with that recruited you to be interested in that institution, that's where your loyalty lies. Thanks. Now, once you get in the mix at the institution, you have to then reassess and figure out what's your best way to get the most out of the situation you're in. But going into it, that's something I wish I knew because they're going to leave. They're going to leave. And it happens every day. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about college sports is when the head coach gets fired, everybody is fired. Yep. They're gone. So when, once, once that head coach goes that recruited you, it's a whole new staff coming in and they bringing their guys in. Yeah. So, and I, I told Carrie this story earlier. I was in that situation. Um, head coach that recruited me got fired. A new coach came in with his own staff. So a year goes by with this new coach. Um, he brings in a guy. I end up taking his spot and starting the rest of the season. We fire the OC at the end of that year, get a new OC. And the OC brings me, brings me in his office and he asks me, you know, why do I think I'm not playing? Yeah. And I tell him straight up, I'm not playing because he didn't recruit me. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to play anybody that he didn't recruit. He would rather lose his way than win with something that makes him contradict himself. Ego. Ego, right? And of course, Coach C is like, nah, man, he doesn't call me a liar, but he's like, no, coaches don't do that. Coaches want to win at all costs. So it's got to be something else. Long story short, eight months later, when that head coach got fired and that OC lost his job, he called me in his office and told me that I was right. Yeah. 
And the message in that is, and the re, just the reason why I say your loyalty is to coaches, not institutions, because it took for him to not have his job on the line anymore. This man already lost his job. He lost the way he fed his family in that moment in time. But that gave him the freedom to tell the truth. It's crazy. Because of the coach he was on. <clears throat> It's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. It, it, it's it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. I mean, I mean, every day you gotta know. You gotta know that as you go up into the ranks of anything, the more money involved, the more snakes involved. I mean, it's, it's not. It's, I'm not. I'm, there's no other way to put that, bro. There's yeah. no other way to put that. I don't care who it is. Yeah. You go into a situation as a great person. You have great intentions. You're gonna be challenged to the point where they're gonna try to make you. You know, like, and I'm talking about the coaches. They're gonna make you try to bend your ethics a little bit mm-hmm. because, like, as me as a coach, now I'm thinking of it from the coach front because what you're saying, I'm thinking about coaches that thought like that. I had to really sit in staff meetings where it's like, man, y'all not gonna play this kid. Like, y'all, y'all know he's better than this kid. Like, you know, like I'll be in the room, like, bro, all of y'all know that this is the best kid for the job, but we're not gonna give him a job because of because of that, like, because he his mama is. That's that all. Look, look. I'll give you something to happen to me because I know it's kind of it's some it's certain things you can't disclose from the coach. You know what I'm saying? But this is what happened to me going into my senior year. Right? I'm I'm for all intents and purposes the starter going into my senior season. I get hurt in the spring game. Right? I get hit below the knee. ACL, MCL, meniscus. Yeah. Gone. Gone. Right. The guy that hit me was a walk-on. So what you think happened to him? Go. Okay. Right, right, right. So what ends up happening is I end up just transitioning into a player coach that season like we talked about. Yes, sir. He ends up getting put on scholarship. Huh. Right. And so going into that spring semester, I'm talking to the head coach all the time. And I'm like, I still got the messages, so I got the receipts. And um, I'm like, you know, I really want to get into coaching. Yeah. Um, whenever there's a GA position available, let me know. Yeah. I'm going to apply for it. He's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. Because he knew my whole story. Yeah. Right? So one GA position comes available that spring. Who do you think got that GA position? He got it for sure. He got it for sure. He got it for sure. Come to find out, one of his parents is a prominent head coach in the state. <clears throat> That's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. But you, you know, they they it's it's all about those they think of connections too. Oh, 100 percent They think of connections too, and it's not right. It's not right. But as we talk about the money, these coaches are trying to keep their job. They trying to keep feeding their families, mm-hmm. staying on a division one level, mm-hmm. FBS. They know, you know what I'm saying? Kansas over the years, I mean, you alumni, you know this the history. You know, so they trying to make sure they win. Like it's, it's you get up in there, you trying to win. And that's the same with uh, you know, what I'm saying a lot of other schools where cats will go and they are, I guess, uh, charged with turning this program around. Right. So it's like, okay, I have to turn this program around. I got the alumni that I promised something to, and then it's like, uh, well, let's go with the money. Yep. Let's make sure we Look, can secure the money. They always gonna go with the bank. They always gonna go with the bag, and the messed up part is, no matter how detrimental it is to the athletes that are caught up in the mix, yeah, they gonna go with the bag, yeah. And the only difference between myself and a lot of other people I've seen that happen to, is because I had the foresight enough 
to make my plan so I was able to navigate through it. Yeah. But a lot of people cannot and are not able to do that. Right. So they just kind of fall by the wayside and people look at the situation from the outside in and they're like, man, he's not handling his business. He don't know what he's supposed to do. But you don't know this man been getting lied to for three and a half years. Lied to, straight lied to, to his face to all his, the time. By grown men that are supposed to be his leaders. Weekly. Coach, coaches <laughs> meetings, weekly. You sit in the coaches meeting, think that man tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. He lying to you. And the thing is, <laughs> so that from a coach, man, from a coach, I'm keeping it a buck. I'm keeping it a buck. And the thing is, is that you no, know, all coaches aren't bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying right. all coaches are bad, but what I'm saying is, is when it comes to the money, when it comes to the security of jobs and things of that nature, you have to understand their job. They are doing a job. So, in reality, in the way we move it. You doing a job too as the athlete, yeah. so you need to operate as such. You know what I'm saying? Protect your, your back, especially, especially now with the NIL, like we were talking about earlier. That's a game changer for y'all. If the if the young athletes out there watching, now more than ever, you need to be managing your personal brand. So like all the crazy stuff people do on Instagram and, and TikTok and all that stuff, even more so now, you really can't do that because that's gonna hurt the brand. Your brand. It's all about the brand. And you can build a brand. You can build a brand with great stuff. You can build a brand with positivity. You can build a brand with uh, doing things like interviews. You can build a brand with, uh, you know, wearing certain brands and mm -hmm. getting money from it when you do get on that level yeah. and cutting contracts. You can do that. I, I don't know what happened at the end of this game, but before we started, Tampa Bay was playing right. Yeah. So two, well, I'll just say one. I know one of the main the mainstays of uh, the TB12 brand is Deion Sanders' son. Deion Sanders' son. Game changer. Game changer. Game changer. He's a quarterback, starting quarterback at HBCU, but he's sponsored by Tom Brady. Tom Brady. He's so, bro, so that means everybody else that comes to the table, they got to bring that money. They got to bring that money. You have to. You have to. You have to. Because he can articulate himself. Grant, I mean, he's Deion's son and all that. Yeah. But if he wasn't <laughs> able to articulate himself and represent himself and the Jackson State brand, well, Tom wasn't coming with that money. Nah, nah. You got to see yourself as a business. Yeah. Like like, like, like uh, Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Like, I, when you see me, I'm business. Like, I'm not just going to run around here like I'm an athlete and I'm always going to be rocking sweatpants and I'm always going to be <laughs> just like, you know, talking reckless and speaking to professionals. However, right. oh, I'm a professional. I am a professional. I conduct myself as a professional. I represent my brand. Mm -hmm. And when I'm when you see me come with my guys, my guys are all gonna be around doing what I do. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm not keeping people in my circle that don't represent what I represent. And that's something that's hard for cats too. Because mm -hmm. you don't be knowing that you're guilty by association a lot of times. Like you, it's it's okay. Like you want to run with Pookie Ray right now, and then your cousins and whatnot. But you got to know. They need to be your cousins at the house. At the house. Because once you go out there and you represent yourself in a certain way on this, on this camera, it's, it's there forever. It's there forever. It's there forever. These coaches find out and go, oh, okay, this is what he on. Okay. Then they treat you as such. Bro. When I was working, and I told you I got stories for days, so I don't mean to cut nah, you off. Bro, you good. But, bro, when I was working at, at the University of Kansas in the Student Athlete De uh, Development Department, there was a girl I knew um, on campus. I knew her little brother because he was an athletic trainer for us, right? So she interviewed and applied for a position in the student athlete development department. And she didn't get that position because of something she tweeted over a year ago. Yeah. 
So like, if you think that what you're doing on social media is not going to follow you, you're mistaken. Because that was like five years ago. Yep. Yep. They did it. To, they did it to. <laughs> they did it to Donald Trump. They do it. They do it to everybody, man. They do it to everybody. It's like anybody, anybody yeah. that puts something on the internet, you just have to be responsible and mm-hmm. recognize that this can and will be used against you if it could. <laughs> For real, like they, they, they can use think it against about you. Miranda rights, man. Think about your Miranda rights. Real talk, though. <laughs> And that goes into being a professional because you know what I'm saying yeah. all professionals know what they can't do. Yeah. Like any successful professional knows exactly what I can't do. So that dictates what I do. do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I think that that's something that we gotta like. We just have to support. We have to support it because, like we said before, when you athlete, you rely on your body more often than not. You build your body. You do so many things. You kinesthetic. You have groups. There's a lot of supports you have built in. You get people around you that that you think have your best interests when they may not necessarily have that. They just want to be along for the ride. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like riding coattails. So they'll be with you, ride you up the hill, and then once your butt start falling off, they go go. They're gone. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like you be sitting there like, "Damn, I thought y'all was my homies. Like I thought y'all was the ones." And then when yeah. it when it when it all falls down. It's just you and the people you really love. You know what I'm saying? And I think that keeping that mind, keep that in mind, it helps. Like it will help you in that situation because you know I got skills I'm getting from this. Like mm-hmm. I, got, I gotta keep all my money in my pocket that I'm I'm receiving because a scholarship, an average scholarship, what fifty thousand, something like that, forty five thousand a year. Roman board, yeah, probably. Yeah, man, like it's opportunities out here, man. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta know you gotta know what it is, man. But um. I had something else I wanted to address real quick. Yeah. So, like, as far as we talked about team, we talked about self-belief and things like that. Um, I, I see you as somebody that's um, – you are an example for a lot of people, right? You're doing a lot of things now where you're trying to transcend and you're trying to build and help, you know what I mean, the uh, mm-hmm. others. Like, you're trying to help others, which is amazing. We, that's, we call that being a life over here, right? So how do you feel like – it's gotten you to that point. And how can somebody unlock that light within them? Like, how how can, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm somebody, maybe I was an athlete, or maybe I'm not an athlete. Maybe I'm somebody just like, I'm struggling to find my way. Like, how do I unlock that light within myself to, to, to actually care to help others and, like, build something, like, get a, a fire in me? Like, what do you think that, we think takes for something like that to happen? I think that it starts in the mind and when you're talking about being a light to other people, you have to realize that somebody built that bridge for you. Yeah. No matter the path you're taking, somebody built that bridge for you and they were that light, whether you recognize them or not. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who illuminated the steps that you see before you, because if they didn't, you wouldn't know where to go. Wouldn't know where to go. So it's like, once you take that path that they um, shine their light on to make, make available to you at least mentally and you go further than that it's kind of your responsibility to then be a light to those who come after you so they can navigate the pitfalls that you did mm-hmm. absolutely very beautiful put <clears throat> so this has been the light leadership series mike let them know where they can find you bro. man you can find me on instagram mike real sports life twitter mctv1 uh, YouTube, MCTV, LinkedIn, uh, MC, 
2022. Sir. Look, it's, it's all about professional development. You can tap into RSL University at, um, well, Real Sports Life University, excuse me, at rsluniversity.com. Um, we're here to stay. Yes, we're sir. here to lead. We're here to be lights to the future generation, man. Yes, sir. Anyway, we can help. We on board. We on board. I believe in the mission, man. And, um, Y'all make sure y'all follow us, uh, Be A Light podcast page on YouTube. Make sure you follow the IG, you know what I'm saying? Be a light, uh, be a light leader, right? Be a light leader. And uh, man, we still give y'all light content. Uh, me and Mr. Michael Cummins, we're going to definitely link up. I yeah, got you got to with the whole team. Got the whole team got to link up with you because, bro, it's, 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 this is a space that we in where it's there's not enough guys in it. Like, there's, mm. there's guys that get to it and they get out of it because it's like, oh, I got to make some money. Like nah, bro. Like let's let's really build professionals from this thing that we built for so long. Yeah, it, we we can do it. Like we got it. Like, and this, bro, this is the thing about. And I know we're trying to wrap up, but this is the thing about athletics that you have to realize is when when you're that guy, like Kerry was, and like I was, and even if you're not that guy, when you're one of the guys. You got to realize you've been getting monetized since you were five, six years old. Yeah. When, they, when they were selling those sodas and snacks at the concession stand, when people were coming to play, uh, watch your games and paying admission to come sit in the stands and watch your games, whether it was your parents or your friends' parents. Bro, you, you, you were getting monetized. It was you. It was you. It was you. They wasn't coming to watch an empty field. They was coming to watch you play. Yeah. So you've been getting monetized since you was five or six. So why wouldn't you now tap into some people who are trying to show you how to monetize your own talents? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just saying it, it, it's a no-brainer to me. It's a no-brainer, but, but we older, we have more more perspective and um, oversight on the topic because we didn't have that opportunity. So yeah. we see the value in exactly. this is every day to these young kids. But we're we, we gonna we're gonna reach them, man. We're gonna yeah. reach them. We're gonna put the uh, the medicine in the candy jar, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we gonna get them. But uh, man, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. We appreciate y'all tapping with in with us, and make sure y'all be like. Good. <laughs>